Hello and welcome to a Walking the Earth podcast, a podcast about the backpacking experience. My name is Justin Castle, calling in from New York City, New York. And I'm Mike Margulies, today calling in from uh, Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, and our guest today is uh, Brooke Silva Braga, calling in from Washington, D.C. area. Brooke, how's it going, man? Good, good to be on with you guys. Awesome yeah, having you, dude. So Brooke uh, is actually the creator, director of several travel documentaries. The, the one that folks probably know most for is A Map for Saturday, which I think is actually one of the best um, backpacking documentaries I've seen that kind of really captures the backpacking experience. Um, also a couple other more recent ones, One Day in Africa and The China Question. Um, but yeah, I think I actually just rewatched A Map for Saturday last night, and I was again kind of struck by how awesome uh, of a job that that documentary does at really showing what a backpacker experience is like. You know, that's, uh, I gotta tell you, Brooke, man, um, when I'm talking to friends back home and I want to explain to them, oh, you know, what's it like for me? I just say, you have to watch a map for Saturday and you'll understand <laughs> what it's like for me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. That, when I, the, it first came out, a few people said that to me and that was about the best feedback like the most encouraging feedback I, I ever got because I was worried that maybe by making something I don't know you, you've probably seen this when people try to make something for a general audience sometimes the like diehard diehard audience thinks it like isn't cool or if you make something for a diehard audience the like general audience you know can't quite get it so I was always worried that like I would be caught in that trap but thankfully it seems like I somehow avoided it <laughs> yeah it, you're right <laughs> it's hard to kind of please everyone to get the back, get something that the backpacker's gonna say, that's it, and then the people uh, who are not backpackers watch it and say, oh yeah, okay, I get it. But I don't know, yeah, I would say you nailed it. Um, and I don't know, there's so many aspects to it. Uh, yeah. Maybe to me, the thing that, that was the most key was how you, the relationship aspect to backpacking. Um, and that's just not, you know, with um, opposite sex relationships, same, you know, just friend relationships, any kind of the whole deal. Um, you know, this whole thing of you're making, how, when you're backpacking, first of all, you're making friends so much faster because everyone's in this boat where, okay, well, I have no choice. Uh, yeah. I've got to make friends. And then they also end really a lot faster. You know, you have a, a beginning and an end and then boom, uh, well, you go your separate ways and go on. Um, <laughs> you kind of have to get good at saying goodbye. Sort yeah, of thing. for sure. Um, yeah, and that's something that I don't when as I was taking the trip and started like cutting together all this footage I was shooting, I was like about the last person to realize that that was the theme of the documentary I was making. <laughs> it was only like really late on in the process. I actually uh, I showed a, a really early cut of it to my my previous boss. I had worked at HBO before, and he watched it with his I think like thirteen year old daughter that that early cut, and then he came back to me and said, um, you know what my daughter said? She said his documentary isn't about um, these places he went at all. It's really only about the people he met. And that didn't even occur to me to be obviously true, but it was. And I think it is also true in both positive and I think in, in some cases, like even regrettable ways about backpacking, that it really does become way more about whoever your friend is that day than what the backdrop of the place is. Right. I, I couldn't um, possibly agree with you more. And um, I feel like it was uh, kind of inspiration for, I, I don't know if it was, it was direct inspiration, but 
we were doing this podcast for a while where it was Michael and I talking, and and I guess we both, it was Michael's epiphany more than my epiphany that he said, whoa, this is way too much about me and where I'm going, and I'm, I don't want to talk about myself anymore. <laughs> I'm meeting these awesome yep. <laughs> people. Um, and that's, that's what our podcast has evolved into, is asking people their journey, who are they, and how, they, how are we interacting with them? How did, how did our lives cross? And uh, I guess ours crossed with an email from Mike. I think, <laughs> I think that's where it got started. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, that's actually but, really but the, other, the other thing if I, is it's, it's not just like everyone or many people have interesting stories. When you meet people on the road, more times than not, whether their life is interesting or not, that moment in their life is interesting because they're off doing this strange thing that they, they probably weren't doing before that is almost certainly more exciting than what they're going to do next. Um, so you like meet them at this time where they're like probably more alive than they are most of like the rest of their time. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, backpacking is like life on crack kind of, you know, life just happens so much faster. <laughs> it's, it's so much more dense, you know, while you're backpacking. It's, it's, I mean, like you say in the movie, right? Every day is Saturday. So if you're, you know, when I was home and I was working, I kind of felt like, um, you know, so my stories I would talk to people about would be from the weekend. On the weekend, on Saturday, something would happen. And then the next week I'd say, hey, this is the cool thing that happened to me recently. But while you're out here and you're backpacking, if every day is Saturday, it's sort of like that is happening every single day. And it's happening to everyone else around you every single day. So it's just this super dense amount of experience. And along with that, when you meet someone new, um, you know, normally to spend, say, 48 hours of time with a person, it's going to take you several weeks of elapsed time before you get to that deep of a mm -hmm. level with someone. But backpacking, you might meet someone and you spend the first 48 hours that you meet them with them. So you just like get to know people so much faster. Um, and that's, I, I, I think you, that was also kind of like highlighted in, in MAP. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just like, so true. <laughs> he quotes you so much, he says MAP. So <laughs> I'm sure you're, you may or may yeah, not I use like, that. Yeah, I like the, uh, the shorthand. <laughs> yeah, I think I picked it up from you on some uh, email exchange or something. He called it MAP. I said, like, oh, that's a nice way. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. oh, wait, so this originated from you, Brooke. <laughs> Okay, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take the <laughs> credit slash win. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Yo, check out Map, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I also, as long as people can find their way to the correct URL, you can follow whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I I guess um, other things that I really um, well I'm looking forward to now. Um, we were just talking right before we started recording. So right now is. It's mid-April here in Thailand, so coming up is the Songkran Festival. Uh, so actually, I'd be curious to hear, uh, I saw some clips in the movie. It's basically just, it's the new year in Thailand, and it's a giant water fight. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to Chiang Mai in just a few days um, to celebrate this. So you were already there. Uh, it's just, is it as awesome as it looks? Yeah, it's awesome. It's intense. I actually did another Songkran in Chiang Mai um, more recently when I was I was shooting that other documentary you mentioned, The China Question, in, I guess, 2010. Oh, and I was sweet. like, oh, you know, it's like Songkran time. And I actually uh, met my mom, of all people, in Chiang Mai. <laughs> and, we, and we did Songkran together. 
uh, <laughs> and it's totally full on. Actually, in a map for Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, and it's been a bunch of years now, I think that was right before Songkran proper started. It was like right on the beginning, like either the first day or the day before, because I had to go, I was up against some deadline. I think I had to go to India or something, and I just had to go the day I had to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in Chiang Mai, so some of that was in, in Bangkok, and it happens in Bangkok, especially like around Khoasan Road and the, the more touristy areas. Right. Um, but Chiang Mai is totally full on. Um, it's really intense. Because the thing is, yeah, you're supposed to be washing away people's sins so they can't get why they upset. Yeah, that's that's the premise of this exercise. Oh. And, Just and excuse so for a water fight. <laughs> you can't get upset at people for putting the water on you because they're doing you the solid of washing away your sins. However, right. <laughs> at some point, you don't want to get wet. At some point, you have more no more dry clothes but there's nothing you can do about it. And so you spend like your whole day getting people wet even though they're whining about it. And then at some point during your day, you become that guy. And right. you're annoyed that you're getting drenched. And you're not getting a little wet. It's like you were in a shower for 10 minutes wet. Right. Um, like you so it's pool. just bizarre and fun and cool. And I hope, because this will be four years after I went in 2010, I hope it's not played out. Because in 2010, it was just on the edge of getting played out, and it was like a whole lot of foreigners and not that many Thai people doing it. Oh, oh interesting. Gotcha. I hope there's, yeah, I sure hope there's locals that are doing it. That's, you know, yeah, it's a big part of the experience, obviously. Um, but, yeah, that, you mentioned it is because Chiang Mai is the place that people know about for Songkran. I guess there is some possibility that it's going to be a whole bunch of tourists there. Well, it'll be a fun experience, I suppose. <laughs> it, yeah, it will be yeah. for sure. How did your mom take it, just getting d- buckets of water dumped on her? <laughs> she she was into it. My mom, one of my like early childhood memories is going to the beach, and she would like fill a bucket with water and very slowly say, it's time <laughs> for the big water fight! And then she'd throw a bucket of water on me. Now, I was like a two, three, four-year-old kid. This actually was like a formative, traumatizing experience (laughs) in my life that I was like, there's nothing I can do. I don't want to get soaked. It was kind of like, I guess, early Sankran. Um, So my mom was the the perfect person to come with me and now get drenched. So you had your Sankran training wheels from a very early age. (laughs) Exactly. We were in, in, you know, coastal Rhode Island doing our Sankran prep. Nice. So if this was like a traumatic experience growing up, did Songkran, was this sort of like, um, did it bring back the memories? <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. So dramatic. Flashbacks of when you were younger. <laughs> Is this like your, your like Dr. Phil question? You're like trying to deep, yeah. <laughs> deeply delve into this the psyche. Trying... I, I don't remember being that traumatized. This yeah, is we're trying to deep, as we Yeah, had. psyche of Brooks over Braga. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, tell me your deepest secrets now. <laughs> these, these are the deep, dark secrets that cause a man to throw it all away and go backpacking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My mom, she wet me when I was young with a pail of water. <laughs> you know, I don't know why I got that accent in there, but it just, it just slipped right in. Um, yeah, that's yeah. quite the Rhode Island accent. Yeah. You've been to Rhode Island. I'm guessing maybe not. <laughs> I've been, th- I've been, I lived in, um, I lived in Massachusetts for, a whopping year, but I did go through Rhode Island uh, several times. I used okay. to have like a sales yeah. I, territory down there. I touch on okay. Providence. I've been to, been downtown. I've been to some of the beaches, and and actually, one of our friends used to live 
Uh, I used to work in Franklin, Mass, and our friend Justin Shunick used to used to uh, work in right on the border. So I've been there plenty of times. Yeah, I guess um, Southeast Asia and India um, are a big change from that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But from anywhere in the U.S., I, you know, um, that was actually another thing. I, I don't know if some of this maybe that talk, Matt for Saturday was, I guess now almost ten years old, right? Yeah, so it came out in like 2007, I think, although it didn't air in the U.S. until 2008. Okay. okay. But the trip itself, um, yeah, next year will be 10 years, which yeah, is nuts. Yeah, which is, it's crazy. And what's interesting for me watching it is um, some of the things uh, are very much the same, like we talked about, like the relationship aspect of it. Um, I mean, that is a constant of backpacking experience and that's still very true. And then some of it I watch and I'm like, oh wow, so much has changed in 10 years. You know, there's this scene where you're calling home from like a payphone or something um, mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. And I was just thinking to myself, wow, uh, I don't think I've used a phone like that. You know, we have Skype now. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I don't know if Skype was, a. it may have been around then, but I don't think it was nearly no, as prevalent. No, it wasn't. Um, no, not and a, you yeah. know what else wasn't as prevalent? Even Internet. Facebook. Yes. Well, the internet. There was definitely the internet, but what what I ended up with was like a whole bunch of uh, email addresses, not a bunch of Facebook right. friends. Right. Facebook um, is a game changer, man. Because um, you know, I think probably when you were backpacking in two thousand five, um, yeah, it was probably a lot more difficult to keep in touch with people. I mean, yeah, email is nice. You can keep in touch with people, but um, what Facebook has done and you know, P- Facebook gets a lot of crap sometimes is a lot of people are you know and it can be abused you can, people just can spend their time just scrolling through their news feed blah 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 but i would say it's actually got a really good use as well um because facebook um it lets you sort of stay in touch with these people it's a really good means of staying in touch with um the folks that you met along the way and now i find myself sort of meeting up with people that I met previously all the time. Right. So that's it. that that's cool that you're doing that cuz I well I've obviously traveled as well in the Facebook era right. and I think you it's easier to stay in touch with more people. It's definitely way easier. Um but it doesn't force you to have like the one-to-one communication that email does. So I don't think I stay in as close touch with the people I've met in the Facebook era. Oh, the, the, huh. the, the email people, maybe there were fewer of them, but I stay in like what few of them there are in more like real legitimate, like I'll come visit you if I'm in your city right. touch as right. opposed to like I saw some photos of you. Uh. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's it was a more of a... You had a closer bonds with the email exchange people. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I that makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking like our like Michael and I we talk so frequently. I there are parts in in the film a map for Saturday where you express you know I missing for home you know a yearning to for home especially in the beginning as it got further away it, it appeared to be you know start dissipating. But now Michael, Michael and I talk every week, every couple of days on Skype. We FaceTime, you know, whatever. We email constantly. It's, it's like he's not even gone, really. He's, he was living in Texas before he left. Now, now it's just the same yeah. thing, except he's international and he's 11 hours apart. That's the only difference. 
So yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, I guess. Wait, so I, boy, hold on a second, though, Michael. I'm curious whether you feel that way because my vibe is that whole backpacking thing, which we spent the first like five, ten minutes talking about, the like getting close to people so quickly and these intense friendships. My feeling has always been that's only possible because of the loneliness. That if it really was no different than staying at home and you could stay in touch with everyone and they're on Skype and I chat with them every other day, then you wouldn't be compelled to create these close friendships that you are when you're so far away from everyone you know. Right. Um, yeah, I would say sort of, so yes, Skype is nice and it does, uh, it has been a game changer as far as being able to stay in touch with people. But that said, even if I'm on a Skype call with, uh, with Castle or my family uh, more frequently than I may have been able to do 10 years ago, there is still a distance for sure. Um, right. So even with all the technology in the world, um, I'm still ultimately out here by myself. And I do feel... Uh, for sure, more of a dist I mean, absolutely more of a distance from home than I was. Um, and so, and yeah, like you're saying, it does force you. Because you're out here alone, you have no choice but to make more friends. Um, I haven't, I usually haven't felt, there are times where I felt, I shouldn't say that, I have felt loneliness at certain points of my trip, though, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, although I've also found that, in general, um, because everyone else is in that same boat, it's it's just become so much easier to make those friends, um, even if they are the, uh, I guess what you call the five-hour friends. Um, <laughs> and I think that is maybe driven by the, some of the, the it is definitely driven by the being alone thing. Um, but what's interesting, I guess, also is when you're, it's interesting that when you're traveling alone, it's more, def it's defined still by relationships. Traveling alone is about relationships in a weird kind of way, yeah. you know? No, for sure. Um, I, I'm interested though, actually, now, it, so you've been a backpacker for 10 years now. Um, are there other things that you've seen that have changed uh, from when you, you know, 2005 to, to nowadays? Um, I don't know if this is an appropriate quote, but it's like one of my favorite quotes, so I'm just going to try and shoehorn it into your question. Go for it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bill Murray uh, was asked how, uh, how you change when you become famous. And he said, uh, you don't change when you become famous, everyone else does. Oh, yeah. That's a Joe Walsh song also, isn't it? Um, oh, is it? Okay. So I, maybe I, I don't he know was proving it, or... it first. I, I have no idea who came up with the first, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great quote. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that backpacking has changed so much as like where, like how I interact with it has changed. Like mm. the first, I, I went out and traveled for a year straight and that was super intense. But the... the like seventh, eighth, ninth month of that, you may already be starting to get a little bit of a feeling of this, is, is way different than the beginning. Okay. Um, and then like the third, fourth, fifth year, not that I've been yeah. out on the road consistently at all, but I've been, you know, doing it here and there for a while. Um, yeah. And you just become like, like a little bit more grizzled in the things that like got you excited about traveling before or maybe different things after a while than they were in the beginning. Like now I would say one, the thing that most reliably gets me excited when I'm traveling is food. Um, oh, okay. And I would say that probably wasn't the case oh, when, yeah. I, when I started traveling. I, I definitely can relate to that. Um, it's, um, yeah, I think it's the stuff that you touched on also, which is, you know, I, when I went to Long Prabang Lao, for example, the thing that is famous there is the waterfall, and I actually didn't even go, because it was that feeling of, well, I've seen 
all these waterfalls are right. I've been backpacking now for six or seven months. Another waterfall, okay. Uh, and it's glorious and it's yeah. beautiful and magnificent. But yeah, there is that kind of, that numbness, right, of, okay, yeah, you're not as excited by these things that normally you'd find amazing and awesome as time goes on, sort of. Um, so that I've seen and, that and the, sort of, yeah. I was going to say the other thing that I think, which I think is a positive that I, I think I've changed or tried to change or maybe it's circumstance, but I had, when I first traveled, especially on that Map for Saturday trip, I spent a really high percentage of my time with other backpackers. Mm. Um, and I've tried to cultivate more local friendships as I've traveled, yeah. um, which is way easier because of couch surfing than it, oh, yeah. than it was before. Um, and that, I mean, there's no better way to see a place than with someone who lives there. Absolutely. Uh, and, I've, and I definitely seek that out more now than I did yeah. in the early days. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, the, um, it's actually funny. I feel like I hung out with more locals in the beginning of my trip than now. But for me, I think it's, that's a kind of a consequence of where I am. Because I started in India. And in India, so many people speak English, and it's so easy. Mm -hmm. And you don't even try, right? Indians come up to you, and, and you make friends with Indians with, you know, just automatically. Whereas, so how are you able, hold on a second, a quick, quick question on that, yeah. though. How, how were you able to tell who you were making friends with and who was trying to steal rupees from you? Since most of them were trying to steal <laughs> rupees from you. That's a great question. Actually, uh, I did go through um, experience. We talked about this on a way earlier episode where I basically got scammed. I had a phone that was broken and I was trying to get it fixed. And this guy, you know, it, it was that classic experience in India where... Um, yeah, he was. He seemed so friendly and nice, and uh, and ultimately he was just scamming me. Um, so you get yeah. that for sure in India, but you also get the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing people in the world in India at the same time. So it's, it's amazing that it's, those same two people live in the same country. Yeah, it's I, like I, the, it's some of the nicest people and some of the most unnice people. Yes, I guess you can swear <laughs> on your podcast, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah, in in no, the same yeah. place. Speak freely. You can, you can swear. It's okay. <laughs> we, are, we are a free speech podcast. We say lots of bad <laughs> okay. things here. Um, you know, I heard a quote once that uh, in India, people have their first life and their last life. And I thought that, yep, you captured it. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 some of the people there are just the scum of the earth, pieces of shit. And then some of the people that, like, you know, you know Wow, this person's amazing, selfless, bend over backwards to help me. We actually spent a whole episode talking about this earlier, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, um, it's so true, though. India's got to be the most diverse place as far as the types of people you meet, like, that I've seen, at least. Um, yep. So, so, now, uh, so Brooke, with your, with your travels nowadays, um, you, you now have lots of friends, I guess, through Couchsurfing and other resources all across the world that you constantly stay in touch with. Is that is that how you is that how you inspire your trips, or is it more of oh me and my girlfriend want to go here now, or how what is the inspiration between your your travels now? That is a good question. Um, so for really long trips, usually, and I, I think this podcast is a, is an interesting example of this. For long trips, I need some kind of project. I can't just go mm. somewhere for like months and end without having some goal, some project, some something. So with, with the first one, it was, I'm going to go travel around the world. I don't really have a documentary idea. I'll just kind of shoot what happens, and that became a map for Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then, so, so since then, my big trips have been more driven by, like, a documentary idea, where I was like, oh, you know, like, I've never been to China. 
I'd love to go to right. China, and I have a documentary idea. Let's go to China. Um, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, so, yeah. So that's a big, a big part of it. I guess either that, or I, I've done a couple, just kind of shorter, couple week winter trips uh, recently. Went to the Philippines, went to Mexico, and they were just kind of parts of the world I hadn't been to that seemed like would be nice to check out. Gotcha. And food, like I was saying. I think the food's going to be good. That's more likely to get me there. <laughs> and uh, um, has your girlfriend come along on any trips with you? Yeah, we did three months in China together um, when okay. we were shooting uh, the China question. Oh, um, so that yeah, that was that was good fun. She's she's right here in the kitchen trying to quietly eat dinner so <laughs> as not to disturb our podcasting uh, audience. <laughs> you can get a three month visa to China. I thought it was like a month. Is there a special visa you uh, got? No, it was, it was ninety days. I don't know if it's still. I don't, this was a few years ago, so maybe no. it's changed. But yeah, we got a 90-day tourist visa to China, and we used, like, every last day, we used, I think, either 89 or 90 of the days. Wow, I could have, maybe I heard wrong. Uh, China's definitely in my future. Um, China's although, amazing. Yeah? Chi yeah, China, although it's so, so different than America, is actually right. in some ways so familiar to an American. The size of it is similar. Mm -hmm. The diversity of geography, um and even way of life as you move around the country. Right. Uh, and it's obviously, like the U.S., like a big and important and, and powerful country. Right. With, you know, like some big metropolitan world capitals and then some really interesting hinterlands. China's just awesome, and the food's great. Highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely need to go to China. Um, probably it's going to be a future trip for me. Um, is that, I feel like it's... There's certain places that are easier. I'm sure you can relate to this, right? Some places are way easier to backpack in than others. Um, yeah, in, yeah. Southeast Asia is pretty well trodden, but India is a more difficult trip than Southeast Asia, and I think in a different way, probably. Uh, and you can speak to this probably. China is probably more difficult than Southeast Asia. Yes, but easier than way easier than India. Oh yeah. India is the toughest. I, I've, I've been a lot of places, and I would say India is the toughest. And so I would it, say parts of Africa are a very close second. Okay. Well, that's good to know. So if, having been through India, I should be able to handle anything at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly think so, yeah. What about the language barrier, though? Because in India, at least, you know, I had that everyone, not everyone, but so many people speak English. Um, yeah, that's one of the biggest problems in India is that they can talk to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> It's true. You can get you taken if they couldn't talk to you, they might not take your money so easy. Uh, that's that's a uh, that's a good point. Is it hard? No, in China? language is yeah, language is is a problem. But even in China, I mean, yes, it's hard. You gotta you gotta work for it a little bit. It, right. I wouldn't take my first trip, you know, or I'm glad I my first place I set foot backpacking was Australia. I mean, that's just right. as easy as it gets, except for it being expensive. Right. Um, and then I went to Southeast Asia, which is easy too. Yeah. Um, but China, yes, it's hard, but you learn like a handful of important words, and then you have a book that has the characters that have like the names of the foods and the names of the cities. And so when you go to buy your station, you just your um, your ticket, you just point to the name of the city, and you hope they put you on the you know a bus or a train that's going there. Um, and it's like a great adventure. It's like difficult, but like with no real stakes. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is you know whatever you end up on the slow bus to Guangzhou. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard maybe to communicate, but at the same time, no one's trying to take advantage of you as much. Um, yeah, and the people, actually, there's a weird kind of 
I don't know if there's a better word for it than racism in China. Huh. Uh, and as a as a dark skinned person, I think China would be much more difficult to travel in. But oh. I went there with my with my blue eyed girlfriend, and you know she was the belle of every ball we walked into. Right. They were just like they, everyone wants to take your picture with you. They want to help you out. And unlike other places where they're helping you out, like India or, or other parts of the world, they're like legitimately probably trying to help you out and not trying to rip you off. Yeah, right. My, well, that's my, comforting. My friend, <laughs> my friend actually, he um, he's traveled through parts of China, and he's he's had a very similar experience to what you said. That you know, families, you know, especially in in the city, people would stop him on the streets and try to take photos with him. He's he's a black guy. He's he's tall. He's very smart. Traveled around the world. And people thought instantly, you're right, very racist. They said, oh, you must be a basketball player. And instantly were taking photos with him. Um, but he said he was actually treated like a rock star um, on his different trips um, that he's gone different places. Like people constantly coming up to him, you know, constantly taking photos with him. I, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't hear if there were any negative experiences, but I'm definitely going to ask him next time. Um, but, but that's a very Yeah, and actually I'm super, super... I'm super, super happy to hear that because um, I've, I've never obviously traveled there as a black person. I didn't even travel <laughs> with any black people while I was there. Um, but I definitely had the impression. Because right. the other thing is Chinese people, and this is another way that they're similar to Americans, actually. They're pretty blunt. They definitely are not politically correct. They're less politically <laughs> correct than Americans. No so right. they'll just say, like, they'll just say, like, things that you or I would describe as racist about about black people or, right. or you know people of, of almost any background they don't hold back those prejudices um and they tended to be more more negative um towards darker skinned people but but maybe that's not the case if you're actually traveling there right right <laughs> I, yeah again I'm, I'm gonna have to check with my friend and, and see if he had any horror stories but uh but based on our conversations and we're pretty close i haven't you know everything was pretty positive and one night he even you know, they he ended up on a tabloid somehow. Um, he met <laughs> he, he met he met like some pop star. I think I don't know if this was in Hong Kong or where where not. He he met a pop star, wound up going around with them to the VIP, taking shots at different bars. Wound up in the tabloids the next day. Like, who's this mystery guy? You know, <laughs> from America. That's amazing. <laughs> so. Oh, I hope he kept a copy of the paper. Yeah, <laughs> I'm have to check. I, I would, I would frame that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, um, oh, oh, Brooke, man, we won't uh, keep you from your girlfriend for for too much longer. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I guess we we have a question that we ask folks right. uh, at the end of our show. Um, so basically, and you can feel free to answer any any way you'd like. But what is something that you haven't done already? that you would like to do before you die? Oh, boy. Yeah. A, and I, only can, I only get one? You can, I, you can no, do as many as you want. want. To. Yeah. It doesn't, and don't, just, don't, just think, don't think too hard about it. It's just the, it doesn't have to be the most complicated, most impressive answer in the world. We've had somebody wanted to, our, our most recent guest, Christina Jin, said she wanted to ride a shark. Um, um, okay. Our f other friend said she, that they just wanted to travel and see all seven continents before they die. You know, it doesn't have to be... Uh, that was me. <laughs> yeah, that was you. Hey. Hey, go figure. Um, yeah, whatever comes to mind. It could be something you want to do next week if you want. Because <laughs> oh, I'm about to have, like, a pretty, 
a pretty old man answer. Are you ready for my old oh, man answer? Go for it, dude. Uh, I was gonna say raise a family. Yeah. Nice, nice. Definitely. Um, you it know, would, I, I'd be annoyed if I like died before I had a chance to do that. That you know what? Um, I'm interested. Uh, so for me, you know, I'm so I'm now 27, and for me, it's this thing where I'm. I'm still feel like I'm a ways away. I don't. I'm not. You know, for me, it's like I don't think family's not. I don't even have a girlfriend, much less uh, uh, you know, fiance, wife, kids, any of that stuff. Um, did you find that over time that you're? Because I know when, when you made Map, it seemed like okay, you were not ready to settle down, any of that stuff. So has that over time just changed for you? Yeah, I think so. I think I was never into like the checklist thing. Right. The, yeah, like, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna go like it's in two hours out of my way, but I'm gonna go through Liechtenstein so that I can mm. get like say I was in another country. Right. Like, right. That that was just never my thing. But even still, I I was really, really, really lucky to travel a lot of places. I don't feel like you know I haven't been to Russia. I'd like to go to Russia if I never make it to Russia. You know, that's cool, too. I'm, I, I'm not that exercised about that type of stuff at this point. Um, right. So maybe maybe that's why. And also, you know, let's uh, chat with you in eight years and see. Like, maybe you'll be finally <laughs> getting to these places I'm getting. But yeah, I think mean, at this yeah. point, I'm kind of, like, looking at, like, yeah, you know, there's some, there's some other things to do. And, like, I think also, you know, just to, you know, get even a little older man on you here i think it'll be really cool to like travel with kids i think yeah. like yeah i've met like, people I've doing been, that i've been to thailand a, a few times i've been like it'll, how cool would it be if i get to go to, you know to thailand with my 10 year old or something i think that'd be like really neat yeah yeah awesome. i think that yeah I, I think you nailed it too it's not about checklists and all these things and so yeah right it, it's kind of for me, at least, it's like following that moment. So right now, the moment's telling me, you know, travel around. But I think there will be a moment, probably. I mean, you know, we'll chat in eight years and see. But there'll probably be a moment where I'm like, all right, this is the moment where I, I kind of yeah. stop for a while yeah. and settle down and, or and travel with kids, whatever. And if I can attempt to use my uh, my documentary uh, storytelling techniques, weak as they are here, <laughs> it occurs to me that they were ending the podcast on the same theme we started it on, which is it's not about these places, it's about the people. And like, I think it would be cool to share some of these places with people that are close to me. Absolutely, Excellent. nice. <laughs> well done. You're you're a pro at this. It's like it's like it's your job or something. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Brooke. Touche, salesman. Touche. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Brooke, uh, I guess we've mentioned already plenty of times. I'm up for Saturday. Uh, Probably a lot of people listening to this show may have already seen it, but if you haven't already seen it and you, you're a backpacker or you are intrigued by backpacking, uh, I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I've seen it a couple of times now, and it's I still am like, oh, wow, this is uh, it really gets it. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. And don't forget um, uh, the China question, One Day in Africa. Uh, Brooke, I believe you said that those are now released on Amazon Instant View. Is that correct? Yeah, they are. And uh, A Map for Saturday will be on Amazon Instant as well by the summer sometime. It's taken a little longer because the, the tapes are old, honestly. Um, um, but yeah, they used to, they all, they've all been available on DVD. And obviously a lot of people, especially on the road, are like, hey, I can't watch a DVD. And we've never had a good answer for them except to go and pirate it. Um, right. So now you, you no longer need to pirate it. You can go to Amazon Instant and rent them for like four bucks or something. I'm going to admit right now that I first got a map for Saturday. Some other backpacker had it on their computer and they gave it to me. And I was like, okay, let me watch this. So. Uh -oh. 
Uh oh. Um, uh, well, I think you don't have to do that. We're, we're praying, That's we're, not the way to do it. We'll pay it forward by you can get um, a map for Saturday by connecting through our Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash walking the earth podcast and you can get it legitimately um, through our Facebook and support both Brooke and uh, walking the earth podcast at the same time. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, so Amazon, so Amazon, it sounds like it's the best spot for your stuff, Brooke. Uh, yeah, you can, you can uh, get all the DVDs on Amazon as well, or just like find the name of the film and the URL is another way to get the DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, Brooke, thank you very and, and, much. And actually, so if you if you do them through the film's website, here's like for people who make it to the end of the podcast, here's a little tidbit: <laughs> if you get if you buy them from the film's website, they will be mailed to you by none other than my mother, who used to throw buckets of water on me at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what's the website? A map for Saturday dot com. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, that's where you get that one, and then thechinaquestion.com, dot com, one day in Africa dot com. Oh, okay, so the name, all the names of the films dot com. Yep. Perfect. All right. Excellent. Well, thanks, Brooke. Thank. It's been an honor. It's been a prov- uh, privilege talking with you. Um, and we hope to speak with you soon. Uh, for those of us listening, um, feel free to check us out on Twitter, hashtag WTE podcast. And you can ch- check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash walking the earth podcast. Um, Stitcher. Have I missed anything, Michael? <laughs> Um, no, Facebook, Twitter, at WTE Podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, on all these things. Yes, and for now, uh, thank you for tuning in. This is Justin Castle from New York saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.